this is Keith Jackson as we feature the University of California Golden Bear here in Strawberry Canyon at Berkeley, California. Here's Kidd driving, spinning, putting it out and in! My gracious! Here comes Deshaun, shake and bake. Can he beat the second? Dancing off to the right! Look at this guy! The Wizard of Returns! And to the basket, Jalen Brown! With an emphatic exclamation point! All Americans out on the field! He's gonna go into the end zone! He's gonna go into the field! Welcome to the Bear Insider Podcast. We're here today with Cal Hall of Fame receiver Jeff MacArthur. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? Great, great. So uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame induction this last weekend. That's just a major honor considering all the great athletes that have come through Cal. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I'm, uh, you know, I still can't believe it, it all happened and, uh, it's probably one of the best accolades and honors that I've ever received in my life, so I'm just uh, basically living a dream right now. That's great. So give us a little bit of a, a background on your your athletic career. So you grew up in L.A. and played football at Palisades High School. When did you start playing football? Uh, the first year that I played um, contact football was eighth grade, and uh, it was a rough year for me, obviously. Um, you know, this is the first time that you've been allowed to hit people, people can hit you. So uh, that was tough to adjust to. And once I got used to that part, um, I started to do really well. But eighth grade was my first year. I played for the L.A. Sheriff Cardinals in Watts, uh, which is where I grew up. So I was bust out to Palisades. And um, it was a great experience. It was uh, something that, that, you know, definitely sparked my interest and wanted, me, and wanted to continue playing. Did you play any flag football earlier than that? No, no, I just always played, like, on the streets, just, you know, every day I played football and basketball growing up on the streets, and it was just one of the two, and um, I liked basketball a little more at first, um, but my big brother, he was a big influence on me playing football, I wanted to be just like him, and he was playing football, so I just wanted to follow his steps. Any sports besides hoops and football? No, no, oh, baseball, early on baseball, until I got hit by a pitch. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this anymore. I can relate to that. I, my first time at bat in third grade, I got hit right in the sternum with a pitch. That was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in high school, you had a tremendous career. You're a high school All American and led the nation with an incredible eleven or one thousand seven hundred seventy nine receiving yards, ninety one catches. That was fourth nationally. Twenty eight TDs. And uh, also played uh, played really well on defense too, right? Eighty tackles, three interceptions as a senior. Yeah, yeah, I um, I did it all for my high school team, and really just had a, a great group of coaches uh, around me at the time, and we had great players also. So no team could focus solely on me, um, and that's what kind of allowed me to, to flourish. And uh, we were the first ones really doing the spread at that time in 1999. There wasn't a lot of people doing four wide. And, uh, we had some shovel passes in there, just some, some kind of some game changers as far as uh, concepts go. So um, I, I give a lot of credit to that as well, just being innovative. And 
I know some teams recruited you a bit on defense, but most of your recruiting attention probably came on offense. Did you? How did you relate to defense versus offense? Was offense your passion, or did you love them both? I like I like having the ball in my hand, and I like being you know having pictures taken, and you seem to get a little more attention on offense. But I actually committed to Oregon State to play safety originally, so uh, defense was something that came natural. I guess um, you know playing all those those. Jays and Watts growing up playing on the sideline, uh, or we played something called sideline pop, where basically you can hit people without pads. So that kind of brought my toughness into it. And uh, defense was natural at first, and then, uh, but offense was a little bit more fun and exciting. Do you feel like that defensive background and mentality gave you an edge as a receiver? No doubt, no doubt. Like I was one of the more tough receivers. That's something that I would say uh, people people would remember about me. So you were committed early to Oregon State. How did Cal get in the mix with you? So uh, I I received a letter from Cal saying they were going to discontinue my recruiting process. And uh, I was bummed about it because I didn't know much about Cal, but I knew that, that I liked that logo. Something about it that it made me feel like I was representing the entire state. So um, I, uh, I got um, one of my coaches, Steve Clarkson. He's a very influential man, and uh, they call him the quarterback guru. So yeah. I got him to... Uh, he called up to Cal. He said, you really want to go there? And I said, well, I think I do. I don't know. And he called them up, and uh, they immediately sent the coach the next day to come check me out at the high school at Palisades. And um, from there, the rest was history. That's crazy. Well, did you ever hear why they, they sent you the letter? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. And it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. I just was wondering because I, I didn't know much about college football and how it all worked. So um, I was very naive in the recruiting process, and there was a time where I was committing to everybody because I just, you know, my mom always told me, well, if somebody's offering you something, you don't want to turn it down, yeah. and uh, that kind of stuck in with me. So Oregon State's like, you come in? And I'm like, yeah, I'm committed. They're like, you committed? I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, yeah, I'm committed. And then <laughs> Cal said the same thing. They go, you know, are right, you here? You're on your strip. Are you committed? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm committed. And uh, so, But Cal was the only one smart enough to say, well, you don't need to take any more trips there. <laughs> well, that definitely so was smart. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I had a trip set to Oregon for the next weekend, and I didn't take it, and uh, that bothered him a little bit. But, I, you know, I was thankful to get that process over with. And the difference between Oregon State and Cal was obviously playing defense was going to happen at Oregon. But he used, Dennis Erickson was there at the time, and he used a word that I never had heard of, which was a red shirt. And I didn't know what it meant. It sounded scary. Uh, I didn't want to sit out for any time or um, any extended period. I wanted to play immediately, and Cal said I could do that and also do it as a receiver. Yeah, and besides being a future Cal player, you don't like the word red anyway. No, we just it never vibes well with it. <laughs> so you came in under Coach Homo. Um, you guys yep. had an interesting year your first year in 2000. There were a lot of close losses, a lot of competitive games, uh, I know he was a bit on the hot seat that year, but I think the the competitiveness of those those losses kind of gave the sports uh, administration and fans the hope that things could be turned around in 2001, so he got that extra year. What was it like having to go through the, the struggles of the, the drop-off in a 1-10 season your sophomore year? Uh, it's, it's tough. You know, I'm a, I'm a very optimistic guy. Um, so for me personally, I always feel like if we if we do this the right way, we put our effort in, you know, we can we can conquer anything. And 
show is tough for a lot of people, but for me personally, um, I'm a believer, and I'll buy in uh, to people that, that can lead, and, and if they can you know, show me something that makes sense, um, I'm pretty easy to, to, to follow suit. So uh, for me, it wasn't that hard, but for a lot of people, I'd imagine, especially being a Cal fan now, uh, it would be very hard. Um, from the outside looking in, but being there and being with the team, we worked so hard. We we all we all thought we deserved to be successful. So you ended up having a, a change in in after the 2001 season, and, and Jeff Tedford came in, and immediately things turned around. What was the mm-hmm. relief like in going from a 1-10 team and a lot of criticism to a team that would have qualified for a, a bowl game if it weren't for some earlier sanctions? That, that, that moment in my life, was it was life-changing. Um, it changed the way that I think about things. It, 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 it definitely shaped who I am today. So being a part of that, a part of that turnaround was special for me um, because it proves that if you, you do the right things and you commit yourself to something, you can accomplish it. We did it with the same team. The same guys that were 1-10 uh, and 10 were the same guys that ended up 7-5. and five. And uh, But Coach Stanford benefited from having a group of guys who had been through so much that we were willing to do anything he said. So uh, that fresh start was, was needed, obviously, and um, we all benefited because we all believed and worked our butt off. So talk about the dynamic behind Coach Tedford's arrival. I've always heard that one of his first priorities was to develop leadership amongst the players, that it was going to take a totally different mindset amongst the players to really make a quick change in the program. How did he approach you guys? Mm-hmm. It was militant in a sense um, that, you know, you've got your coaches and the, the coordinators and everybody's got a job to do. And we all just need to really focus on what that job is. And, uh, you know, trust was the first thing we needed to do was trust our brother. And that started from our commitment to the workouts, the off-season workouts, our commitment to our practice effort, uh, and our attention to detail. Um, so it really didn't have anything about to do with the athleticism or things like that. It was more so from a mentality of learning how to trust one another and, uh, and also really giving it your all and squeezing every bit you got for your teammates. So we built that team atmosphere just through working really hard together and, and uh, believing in the system. And who were some of the leaders that were developed on that, that first Tedford team? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. So guys like uh, Nambi Asamoah, uh, he was a great leader for us. Jamil Kyle on the defense. A lot of them were defensive guys. Tully Bassett Kane. Um, offensively, Joe Igber, even though he was kind of a go-with-the-flow kind of guy, he was definitely a leader for us because he was—he always did everything he was supposed to do, and he did it with uh, with good enthusiasm. And then Kyle Bowler was obviously a big, big leader for the team, for the program. I mean, you look at his career, he wasn't 50% passing uh, prior to Ted for getting there for those three years that he was uh, playing quarterback. So, um it was, yeah, it was a group of guys we all jailed. Jonathan McConan had come in, and he was fresh. He was from San Francisco City College, and he was somebody that definitely raised the level of uh, competition for the receivers. And Chase Lyman was there with us. It was a bunch of great, guy, great guys uh, all around on the team that we just, we just seemed to gel with the new leadership. So you played with two high NFL draft picks as your quarterbacks, and you mentioned Kyle Bowler. Um, any fan could see that he just threw rockets at you guys, and it seemed like when uh, when Coach Tedford came in, he sort of 
got him to modulate his 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 throwing style and to, to to play in a different way, and he was a lot more productive his his senior year. Can you talk about some of the changes that you saw in, in him as a senior? You know what? He was given uh, a system that worked, and it's it's a lot easier to listen to a coach when he's telling you um, from previous experience what worked, and you could see what he did with Oregon and Joey Harrington. Um, and that was really impressive. So the system that he brought over worked. And all, you know, Kyle Bowler had all the, the physical attributes. All he had to do was listen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was kind of like turnkey. I mean, as soon as he got there, he, he broke the game down in a way that made sense and really did a good job of just of helping with pre-snap reads and getting rid of the ball on time. You had a really big win over USC, uh, beating them at... Uh at Memorial. Talk a little bit about the experience mm-hmm. of that overtime win. Oh, it was huge for the program, huge for our confidence. I mean, we all knew that uh, those guys get better recruits on paper than we do. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I think our team really thrived on being the underdog. And uh, when you go 1-10 in, in the previous season, nobody really takes you serious, even if you get a couple wins. But we beat Michigan State that year. Uh, we, we, you know, we played tough against Kansas State. It wasn't really that close, but um, we definitely didn't back down. So uh, we had been gaining confidence week in and week out, and I don't think uh, I don't think USC was ready for it. I don't think they were, you know, expecting us to do what we were doing. Yeah. So in 2004, it was just a real special year. Um, you had uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers come in and. He obviously led the program to new heights, and you guys came within uh, really seven yards, was it, of of beating the eventual national champion and going to the Rose Bowl? Can you talk a little bit about yeah. how special that '04 year was? Oh, it was it was great. I mean, um, it was something that Jeff Tedford knew was going to happen. I remember going into his office before the season started, and I said, "I got this injury." And, I don't know if I can. I might have to miss a couple of games. And he said, "You're not missing any games, buddy. We're going to the Rose Bowl." So he he knew what was going on. Me personally, I was just like I said, always optimistic, but didn't we know to the extent um, that we'd be that good? And uh, but his experience was, you know, it definitely proved that he knew what he was talking about. Um, so yeah, it was just uh, that that year was special. We had guys that had been to the program. Not a lot of us survived all four years or five years at Cal, but there were a lot of a lot of us that had been through the rough years, and we didn't want to go backwards. So, uh, I think team leadership was really key on that. Uh, we had probably the best turnout in our summer conditioning and workouts than we'd ever had at Cal, and uh, the fans were behind us. It was a really good time to be a Bear. Yeah, and talk a little bit about your personal growth. Um, how did you mature as a person and as a player during your your time at Cal? You know, I think personally, uh, being in the Bay Area, coming from L.A., there's a lot of influence down here. Um, just is just a different place, right? And you go up to Northern California where you look within. I feel like, you know, you look within for whatever it is or whatever you are, whoever you are or what you want to be. Um, you can be that in Northern California. It just seems like it's a very authentic place, whereas L.A., you've got Hollywood and a lot of outside influences and Kardashians, whatever you want to call it, but... Uh, there's just something about being in the Bay that allows you to be yourself. So personally, for me, that was just a, a great relief because I didn't feel I needed to be anybody other than myself. And so I developed and uh, athletically, Coach Tedford 
brought the most out of me. He got the most out of me than, than any other coach has because he challenged me on a day-to-day basis. He wasn't just happy to have me there as a receiver who could catch and do well. He wanted me to reach my potential because it was going to benefit the, the entire team. And um, I wouldn't have had the career I had uh, if, it not, if it wasn't for him pushing me the way he did. So um, these are all things that, that of why this is why I love Cal and, and my experience so much is because um, it helped change my life for the better. And uh, and I never played a snap of NFL football, but um, I wouldn't change that and I wouldn't change anything about my career because. And from a personal standpoint, um, how close is that team? Um, was was there a good bond with Aaron as your quarterback? Did you have any particular teammates that you were you became especially close with and stayed in touch with over the years? I stayed in touch with a bunch of them. Aaron Rodgers is just, he's obviously a, a, a great player and a great teammate to have. You just never want to let that guy down. I always felt like, you know, um, he did everything proper. He did everything the way it was supposed to be. And, uh, I just never wanted to, to let him down. So um, it wasn't a lot of pressure per se, but it was it was really motivating playing with somebody who's that special. And as far as keeping in touch with guys on the team, Burl Toller is one of my very best friends. Uh, no doubt about it. The receivers were the closest group that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I've been a part of a lot of different programs, but to have the receiving group be that close when we're all kind of playing for the same playing time, we're all practicing and working hard so we can try to get in those top three spots. You would never know that we were in competition with each other because we just, we wanted to do whatever we needed to to win. So I keep in touch with, uh, uh, McCon- Jonathan McConan, James, uh, Jr. Brignac. Uh, he didn't play much, but he's a guy who, you know, one of my very best friends still to this day. Um, I talked to a bunch of guys from Cal. I can list a bunch of them off. Marcus Daniels, the linebacker in 2002, he was there. Um, Marshawn Lynch, I still keep in touch with Deshaun Jackson, even though we didn't play together. It's just all of my guys from Cal are like brothers to me. And uh, being back up there last week was was uh, really special because I hadn't been since the new stadium was built. Yeah, I'll ask you about your impressions on that soon. But um, so you mentioned Marshawn; he came in as a freshman, your senior year. What were your impressions of him right off the bat? He was so—he uh, just had a zest for life, and he didn't take much serious. And I liked his approach because I was very serious and always in my own head, trying to make sure I didn't mess anything up and wanting to make sure I did my best. But he—he he was um, young, so he brought that kind of like you know. He had that childlike character to him, where and he was so talented. Like he was stronger than I was uh, my senior year. He was uh, power cleaning more than I was, and he was doing it with poor technique. But he was just a freak. He was strong. He was uh, super explosive. So he brought a lot of just. He was a character, just like he is to this day. A great teammate. Yeah. So you ended up your, your Cal career with some unbelievable numbers, setting the school record with 3,188 receiving yards and a uh, record for the uh, receiving yards in a season with 1,504 your, your junior year and uh, tied for the all-time lead for 100-yard receiving games with 11. So super productive career. Um, every prep player that has a lot of success obviously has some level of confidence coming into their collegiate program, but did you ever imagine you'd be able to accomplish as much as you did? No, no, because college football, it's a really hard game, and uh, it it takes a lot of things going right 
in order to have those type of stats. And, uh, you know, the fact that I played early, it helped for sure, playing as a true freshman. And, and every year just contributing helps. But it's, it's hard to, to get that type of success because of, you know, we were changing offensive coordinators during that time. I, mean, I think I had three during my time at Cal. And uh, coaching changes, so I was really lucky to end up with the the stats and numbers that I did. But if guys like Deshaun Jackson and uh, Keenan, Keenan Allen stay around a little bit longer, I don't know what happens to those records. Yeah, that's true. That's always a dynamic to being able to hold records. Uh, David Ortega has the Cal tackle record set in the <laughs> '80s, and he says, you know, it's probably never going to be broken because guys that have that many tackles will probably be gone after their junior year. Absolutely. So that 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 helps, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And uh, but I, I know in the back of my mind that there's some guys who have more talent or have had more talent that uh, could easily have done what I that, what I did if they were given the same opportunity. So um, I'm very humble about it. And uh, but I definitely I definitely appreciate you know having those those records still. So what was your experience like as a student and being able to get that prestigious Cal degree? Ooh. Being a student at Cal is uh, is definitely something that it's not for everybody. And the fact that I made it through, I probably have just as much pride about that as being a great athlete there. Um, the academics will challenge you. And I, I like that they force you to think outside of the box. I, I remember one teacher telling us, you know, I'm going to give you a bunch of information and I want you to grapple with it and, and play with it. Don't just take it at face value. Um, try to prove it wrong or try to think outside of the box and don't just take what we say um, at face value. So I really got a kick out of that because it, it forced you to be an independent thinker. And uh, it was really cool. Like being going to school with a bunch of valedictorians and people that are, are really special in their field, um, it was a privilege for me because it helped push me and take me to a higher level academically. Yeah, academics definitely are no joke. My my time at Cal 15 years before you came in were, boy, they're full of a lot of hard work and a lot of hours of study. And I don't know how you guys do it being basically full-time athletes and then having to squeeze in school with all its demands. I give you guys a lot of credit for that. I appreciate that, Jim. It's, it's intimidating going to school with all those bright minds. And uh, thank God for the, the resources and the counselors and the, the tutors that we have up there because without them, it would be extremely difficult. For sure. So after graduating, what did you first do? Uh, I started doing some stuff with real estate, and I never went far with it because I didn't feel passionate about it. So I was just testing out uh, what worked. I started coaching at Kennedy High School in Richmond, California, uh, where I was the offensive coordinator, and I really enjoyed that because I was working with kids from the inner city, which is where I grew up, and I felt like I was doing something with purpose, and uh, the kids really really appreciated having us there. I brought Marshawn Lynch up there when he was playing at Cal Deshaun Jackson, and uh, they all just, they really enjoyed that. So um, after that, I started working. I came back to L.A. and started working with a guy named Steve Clarkson, who was my godfather. And uh, he's one of the top quarterback coaches in the country. So I was doing camps um, with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And we were traveling around, all around the country, coaching some of the top athletes. Um, and once I got, I want, I want to say I got tired of it, but I missed being a part of the team. Um, so doing the camp business and individual private training is cool, but you don't get to go to battle with anybody. You prep them, and then they're off on their own. So uh, I really missed that team environment, and I applied to a few different schools to get my master's. 
and uh, the one that accepted me, Lindenwood University, was in St. Charles, Missouri. That was a D2 school. And uh, I ended up coaching receivers there for a few years and getting my master's in education while I was there. Great. And, uh, and then after yeah, and then after that, uh, I came back home for a brief six-month period and uh, went out to Canada to start a program. It started as an after-school program to help kids get scholarships to NCAA schools. Uh, and it went from that to um, I actually started my own private high school. So it was a private, private boarding school for student-athletes from all over the country, all over the world. We had kids from England. We had kids from Australia. We had uh, kids from the U.S. And majority, 80% of the roster was from Canada. Um, but we, we helped change the culture of, of football in Canada. And we had the first Army, all, Army All-American that wasn't from America, a kid named Neville Gallimore. Um, and he's at Oklahoma right now. And uh, I, we sent kids to Yale um, on scholarship. We sent kids everywhere in the country on scholarship. It was really, really productive and, and one of the best things I've ever done. Must have been a real gratifying experience. Oh, super. It was it was unreal. It's still one of my favorite things that I've ever been a part of. And now you're back in SoCal and uh, in your roots, coaching with El Camino. How was it coming back to SoCal to coach? Really cool. Like, the coaching staff, I get along with them so good. Uh, they were, they're guys that I've been knowing my whole life. And so uh, Coach Gifford Lennine is the head coach there. We've been knowing each other for 15-plus years. Tim Cobb, the office coordinator, another guy I've been knowing for 15-plus years. And Working with them has been a real pleasure. Uh, we've got great kids. We're having a really good season. We're six and two right now, and um, it's yeah, it's just been for me uh, being back home and working with kids that are from the same place as me has been really, really gratifying, and I, I wouldn't change it for for the world right now. Great. So you, uh, as we talked about, were inducted into the Hall of Fame this last weekend. You had an overlap year with Leon Poe, uh, all-time Cal fan favorite in hoops. Did you know him at all when you were in school? I did, I did. Me and Leon were friends during that time and still are, and uh, we actually were in a Swahili class together. Oh, wow. So when I saw him, yeah, when I saw him, the first thing I said was, Abadigani Buana. And, you know, that's a greeting in Swahili, and, and then he, he came right back at it. So uh, that was really cool because we hadn't talked in so long, so I'm still happy he remembered what to say when, I, when we spoke the language. <laughs> Some of it stuck. That's good. Did, uh, yep, yep. did you um, have any other interesting interactions with any of the other Hall of Fame inductees? I know you, you went in with Joe Starkey, who's an who's a institution at Cal as a football broadcaster. Yeah, no, oh, man, seeing Joe again and being awarded at the same time with Joe was really huge. And, uh, it, it, you know, all of them, even though I didn't know most of the people, the recipients of the Hall of Fame Award, I didn't know a lot of them personally. Uh, we all shared something together during that time. And they were familiar faces. And uh, I can't even remember all the names right now. But as soon as we saw each other, as soon as we were around each other, that, that family environment was, was definitely um, it was felt. And um, I'm just really proud proud of them and proud to be a part of that yeah so with uh you now coaching down in socal you've got to recruit the cows looking at trayvon clark and you're kind of back in the ncaa game what are your thoughts of uh coach wilcox i know you he was a coach a young coach getting a start in coaching when when you were at cal and now you see him as the as the head man what are your your thoughts on coach wilcox and your relationship with him I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with Coach Wilcox and, and the way that he approaches the game. I love that 
he was here during the time that we had some special years, um, and I know that he he remembers that. But he's also bringing a, a just a plethora of, of different experience that he's had being at Wisconsin, USC. So uh, he's battle tested. He's been through a lot, and he's the perfect coach for this team, and uh, exactly what we need. He's somebody that I look up to. I watch all of his. Uh, the clips on YouTube that the Cal Bears put out uh, after practice, the post-game practice, and uh, just listening to him talk, uh, he gets it. He has a great grasp of what's going on, and he's going to be the, the person to turn this program around. So I'm extremely excited and proud of him and um, just want to continue to continue to help in any way that I can. So you had the chance, as you mentioned, uh, to get up to Memorial for the, the first time, first time seeing the, the stadium project and the, the – uh, Performance Center and Goldman Plaza and all the changes. What were your thoughts on that? I was blown away. I was lost for the majority of the time that I was there because I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I didn't know where any any of the locker rooms were. Like all of it just seems hidden, and uh, it's really unique how they how they it looks the same on the outside, but internally there's a lot going on there, and um, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful complex, beautiful facility. Uh, I'm dying to get back up there again. I'm actually planning a trip as soon as I can to get back up. Once we're done you know, El Camino, I'll be right back up there to, um, to not be so lost this time. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, in a tweet before you came on up, you know, it would be a great capper to your Hall of Fame weekend for, for Cal to upset Washington, and they must have been paying attention because they beat them 12-10 to 10 and knocked them out of the top 20. That must have made the experience that much more special, huh? I'm literally smiling right now just thinking about it. Um, I never knew or realized what it was like to be a fan of of, uh, of a team until I stopped playing at Cal and started paying attention to uh, to the football program. And it uh, it, it hurts when you lose. Like it, it hurts when you lose. And uh, to get the W again against a top ranked opponent during that time was was um, it's just something that that it, it put the cap on the whole weekend. And uh, I don't think they were paying attention in my tweet. I think Coach Wilcox has the guys dialed in, and I think that they all know what we're capable of. So, you know, like uh, I, I, I would love to think that it was me and I was a good luck charm or something, but I think I give all the credit to Coach Wilcox. Well, I can speak for thousands and thousands of Cal fans out there thanking you for your blood, sweat, and tears for the time that you spent at Cal. And I can tell you, so many appreciate your passion for Cal that comes out in your, your tweets all the time. It's really clear that you, you have a deep love for the program, and the fans definitely reciprocate that to you, too. So appreciate that, and appreciate you taking the time to talk with us all. No, I, the pleasure is all mine, Jim, and if you guys ever need anything, I'm always here for you. And I definitely love my school more than a lot of things, so go there.